The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. everyone, it's Amanda Sutton. I've played Penelope Shafai on Gossip Girl, and today we are watching Season 2, Episode 10, Bonfire of the Vanity. Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source into all things Gossip Girl. You know you'll love it. XOXO. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to XOXO. This is Jessica Zor. And for today's episode, we are jumping into some juicy stuff with Season 2, Episode 10, Bonfire the Vanity. I love this episode because the nosiest Gossip Girl character, which we all know as Dan, digs into the secret life of the Bass family. Plus, this episode has amazing music and Cindy Lauper crashes Blair's birthday party, you guys. Ah! <laughs> Joining me to explain what it is like to hang out with Cindy on set is the amazing Amanda Seton, who played Blair's minion Penelope Shafai. Listen to find out which role Amanda originally auditioned for on the show and which Upper East Sider she thought was Gossip Girl. I told you, we didn't know either. I can't wait. So here is Amanda. (laughs) This is like so funny. This is the funniest. Oh my God, I'm like so pumped right now. Me too. This is so fun. Well, everybody listening, we have Amanda Seton here and she is going to break down season two, episode 10 with me. But before we jump into that, I just want to like talk a little bit about her. (laughs) 
So she's you've been on TV for like over the past decade from from Gossip Girl, The Mindy Project, General Hospital, One Life to Live. I'm sure there's other things, but that's like a long time to be doing your damn thing. And that's awesome. <laughs> How does that feel? It feels so great. First of all, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. I know. Me. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm just excited. I'm so excited too. It's so great to see you and talk to I you know. and be with you. I, it, I feel the same way. I mean, there's like so many things going through my brain. We like got to catch up a couple weeks ago yeah. over the phone and it just brought back all these feelings and stuff. And she's an amazing person and human, but she plays also Penelope on Gossip Girl. There you go. Penelope Shafine. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's a blessing to have been working for the last, this, this summer will be 15 years. And I did take a break when, when I had a couple kids, I have three kids. Just throw in just three kids. Just, no throw big that deal. On the, just throw that on the fire. But yeah, I took a few years off and now I have the privilege of being on General Hospital, which has been literally the best time of my life. So much. I mean, Gossip Girl was great too. We'll get there. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but it's been so amazing. It's the dream job for a mom. And you get, I just get to play so much fun story and the writers are great and the people are great. And it's just a really, really wonderful place to work. So I'm very, very grateful. Yeah. And it's like, okay, also everything I just named, it's, they're all very different. You know what I mean? Which is also a testament of how great you are as an actor, but to be able to like do a show that you're on and be a mom, get paid to do what you're living and love the environment and do that. Cause sometimes people can be like, yeah, this is just, it's good for now. You're like genuinely happy with your work and being a mom and doing all that. And that's really like living the dream. I agree. Thank you for saying all that. Cause to be fair, I, I didn't know, you know, I unplugged from work when I had a couple kids and I didn't know if there would be a way for me to, to go back. And this opportunity came my way from the executive producer, Frank Valentini, who is a gem of a human being on every possible level. And, but just speaking about work right now, he's a he is a boss. And he so kindly thought of me for this role and, and offered me this part. And I was like, oh my gosh, it just all fit at the right time. I was ready right. to get back. It was good mom hours. Yeah, it's it's great. Do your kids come to set too? They came once pre-COVID, but then COVID hit. So now we've been in that hole. All those rules. Yep. I know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because throughout the years, everything's changed. Like when we were on the show, Kelly was had her baby. And I mean, it was a totally different situation than it is now on sets. Right. So you never know. Never know. But but you're so right about all the other projects that I've done. Gossip Girl, this sort of like teen soap and a bunch of the sort of one-off guest spots I did in New York were all like dramas. And then right. like Blue Bloods and Mercy with Michelle Trachtenberg, who I adore right. so much, <laughs> and, which is where I met my husband. Oh my God. I don't think I knew that. Yes. We met on a set. He doesn't act anymore. I knew that, but I don't know if I knew it was on a show with Michelle. With Michelle. You're bringing it full circle, girl. Oh, yeah. And it was so fun. Michelle and I were so excited to do that episode together. I mean, she was on the show. She was a series regular. I just came in for a guest spot. But it was so fun. And she was so warm and welcoming and wonderful. And I love her. But um, so all of those sort of shows. And then, you know, this soap, One Life to Live that I did, it was that was all fun. And then I got into comedy with the Mindy Project and the Crazy Ones, which is sort of like, I don't want to say my sweet spot, but I'll say that I I enjoy that the most. Yeah, that's awesome because I also feel like that's maybe f the most challenging. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, for <laughs> and sure. And when you watch comedy and watching you in some of those, when you make it seem like, oh, that's that just seems like an easy beat. And I'm, I'm like, that's when they're that good and they make it that effortless and that amazing. Because we were, I was just talking about this with my friend Jillian, like 
multi-cam or single cam comedy, it's a, it's a different game. It really is. It really, really is. I will say like, I learned so much, for example, from Leighton on Gossip Girl. Like she was such a funny breath of fresh air as Blair. And she may, in rewatching this episode that we're going to talk about, she's so funny. She's so funny. We keep talking about this because it's not that in your face. Yes. She subtly does it That's and right. these facial expressions and how she's brought that level of that little comedic piece to Blair. She did it brilliantly. She really, really did. I always knew that, but I also had not watched a lot of the show. So coming back, I'm like realizing so much more, even your whole storyline and everything with you. But let's, before we break down the episode, tell us how you got cast as Penelope if you knew about the show before it came on, but you kind of came on from the beginning. Yeah, it's kind of wild. So you, so the show had started filming, I think they shot the pilot maybe 2007, and then they started shooting like that summer. And so it was towards the end of the summer, I got a call to actually audition for Vanessa, which is so <laughs> funny. I was going to leave this up to you if you tell the story, because I don't know it fully it's been so long. I remember we talked about it years ago on set and after yes. that, but like... No, it's a great story because it also totally toots you, which is you were the perfect Vanessa. There was just no other person for it. <laughs> but it's a funny sort of like, you know, behind the scenes, like little fun fact how things go down. So I, I auditioned for Vanessa. I was like two months out of college. It was in August or, or so. I went back for a bunch of callbacks and whatnot. And then I ended up testing with Penn Badgley, who played Dan. Next thing I know, the following week, I don't get the part. It goes to you. Adam <laughs> Brody brought you to a barbecue and, uh, and, and, and Josh and Stephanie saw you and mm. were just like, oh my gosh, this is, this girl is Vanessa. They ended up bringing me back a couple months later for the role of Penelope. And again, I was, I was just so grateful for the opportunity and it had just started airing that September. It had just right. premiered, but it really went, I'm sure you remember this from like zero to a hundred very 100. quickly. Yeah. And so the popularity had already sort of built up by the time I came on to shoot, which was like in November, December of that 2007. And then they brought me back. Yeah. And listen, no one else like you playing Penelope too, what you did with her and the dynamic with you and is and and I also have so many questions when we get into this, but playing the mean girl and even your relationship with Jenny, like you're always pretty much, you know, bullying her. I can't I gotta tell you, Jess, I was watching this episode, like just trying to remember like what who Penelope was. It's been a very long time. And she was very mean. Like I can't believe just how vicious, but like aloof, nasty person. And I could, and I can't, I couldn't believe how easy it seemed to play that. Because you couldn't, you're like the polar opposite of that, but it was, yeah, you, yeah. I don't identify with her at all in that way, but, but let's, we're going to get into, let's get into that, but I want to say where we're coming from and what the title of the episode is. So we have Amanda here to break down and do the rewatch. So it's season two, episode 10, Bonfire of the Vanity based off of Bonfire the Vanities, 1987, starring Tom Hanks, Melanie Griffith, Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman. That's a lot of cast. Hello. (laughs) And this episode is written by Jessica Queller, which the namesake of Headmistress Queller, which we're finding out more and more with these episodes, just how many character names are from everyone's like personal life. Right. Okay. So Here's a fan question, too, before we go in okay. for you. They okay. were asking, what was your relationship like with Taylor Momsen on set or, in, you know, while we were doing the show, considering how Penelope was often Jenny's bully? 
Right. And how was it to play that? You kind of just answered that. Yeah, but- Taylor and I were so, we were friends. I love her. She also, I will say, she was really young when we did the show. Yeah. She was like, what, 14, 15? She was young. I mean, yeah, I think she did the pilot even. I mean, I think she was like 13 on the pilot. There you go. I was 21 turning 22. I, I think I was like just 22 when we when I started the show. So, you know, there was a pretty big age gap. She was doing school on set, you know, so we didn't we didn't hang so much in our dressing rooms or anything like me and the right. girls. But it was always so great. And we knew we were we were always just playing and having fun. And she played Jenny so well. You just loved her and rooted for her and and wanted what was best for her and felt for her. And she brought so much heart and we'll get to it. But in this episode, all of the breakdown she has, I mean, she just was so grounded and it was actually really moving to watch in this episode because again, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, she's really good. Absolutely. It's so funny when you say that because whenever I would have a scene with when you guys were all together, like the Upper East Side click girls. Yeah. I loved yeah. it because I got to hang with you guys because yeah. I didn't really have that many scenes. I mean, throughout all of it. We were always together, meaning like in the beginning, it was me, Leighton, Nicole, Dreama. Then it was me, Leighton, Nicole, and Alice. And then it was, and you know, then Zeus came in. It was Zuzana Chukowski who plays Dorota. You know, we were just like, we were always together. It was very rare. Well, your scenes always- were always together. That's why once in a blue moon, if there was like a crossover, I'd love it because I'd be like, all right, I'll meet you guys in the dressing yes, room. Yes, it was the best. All right, or me in the trailer. It was so fun. <laughs> Such a good time. Okay, so here's where we left off. Jenny's guerrilla fashion show was a success until Rufus threatened to have her arrested and then she left home. Dan is missing one letter of recommendation for his Yale application. Meanwhile, Serena and Aaron are heating up. Mm. Always a lot going on. (laughs) And here we are with the logline for this episode. Blair does not approve of the new man in her mother's life, and she makes it her mission to break them up. Jenny moves in with Agnes. Serena continues to fall for the new guy in her life, Aaron, but discovers something about him that threatens to end things just as they were getting started. Dan tries to win the trust of Bart in order to expose him to further his writing career. And Dan is spending so much time around his family. Okay, so we're, we start off with, we're at the Humphrey Loft and there's like a lot of drama going on. Like Rufus's kids are not okay right now. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are not all right. Okay, so Jenny's gone. Dan is like dabbling with putting Bart's shit out there to get into Yale. What, how do you feel about that? Like in Dan's position, do you sell out and, and do that against your, I'm going to kind of say morals because he didn't do it a few times. Yeah. Well, Dan has been through a lot in his life, it seems, you know, just with his parents and sort of being on the outskirts and being from Brooklyn and never really fitting in and then getting with the girl, but then it not working out. And right. I feel like he's just doing his best to make some headway in his own life you know, he's this deep writer and he just wants to do the work and he sees an avenue to do that. Right. It's like tough because it's, you can kind of be like, okay, I get why you would want to do it. And then you're also like, oh, does that feel good though? Like, can you, will you go to sleep at night knowing that you're like, may ruin like that whole family? I mean, potentially that's. I, I don't think he really sees Chuck and his family in that way. I think it takes the whole episode until he, you know, will get there. But I I think at this point, he's just, he's in self-preservation mode and he's looking to, you know, he has ambition and he's, he's looking for a way. Unfortunately, the basses, they're not the most warm and fuzzy. 
Right. <laughs> so I understand how Dan can just be like, oh, they're this massive, wealthy family. Who right. Care? You know, what is this going to matter? But what I think ultimately when he sees that it will matter, we'll, we'll see what happens. Also, what I realized, I don't know if you caught this, there was no Gossip Girl voiceover for the, this opening. Right. Which I never, I was like, wait, I wonder if that was a mistake. I wonder if that was intentional because I don't know, is this the turning point where he became Gossip Girl? And this what? is like a... I don't know. Can you believe he's got that's another conversation? No. Okay, mean, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand it fully. Can I also just give Penn some serious props watching this episode all over as well? I was like, damn, he is such a good actor. Oh my God. He's so good. Let's just be honest. They did a really good job with anyway. I'm not taking that away. I think Penn is incredible. And I had most of my scenes with Penn. Yeah. So I would get there and I I remember being like, yo, he's like one of the one of the best actors I've worked with. Yeah, he's amazing. He he has a real ease to him. He's really good with the wordy dialogue that that Dan had. He he's great. So natural. Okay, sorry. Side note. Moving no on. worries. But and then, do you feel like when we're in this in the opening of this episode, like being a mom, like what Rufus is going through? Like, I mean, I don't even think like that. Boy's so little, but like your worst nightmare: your kid runs away. Yeah. At that age in a crazy city. I mean, like, that's like so fearful. It's so scary. It's so like, can you imagine one of your kids running away? No. Oh, my gosh. God forbid. No, I know. It's horrible (laughs) to even think about. You know, obviously, as a parent, it's like your worst fear. But I will say that these kids are on a very, very, very long leash. You know, they're out, they're out (laughs) at night, they're doing their thing, they're going to and from school themselves. It's not like Rufus is like, you know, taking them to Constance Billard or whatever. Like, right, correct. They are on a long leash. So it's, it doesn't feel in the world of Gossip Girl as far fetched that this would happen and Rufus wouldn't freak completely. Right. Um, because of just the world that's been created. But obviously yeah. for you and I, you know, I can't even imagine. I, I mean, I can't. I'm just like, what What do you do? That's like heartbreaking. Oh. So th- these last couple episodes have been like a little like, I'm like, like pulling at my heart with certain things. And I don't know if that's like me being a new mom or I'm emotional because it's that time of the month or whatever. <laughs> but like, I'm like, oh my God, poor Rufus. What's Jenny going to do? Yeah. Who's she going to be with? Nate's gone. Nate's left. Like, what's up? Totally. So we have now, we know that Jenny's gone, but Jenny goes to potentially sign with a new business manager. Right. They meet this guy, Scott, and they have an argument right there in front of him. Now, let's just be honest. Their ages, like, as, like, creative and talented and beautiful and, like, their vision and all that is, and it's on point for what they're trying to do. I mean, that's so young to be taking on a whole business, like, period. I'm still learning how to be a businesswoman and I have a lot of stuff going on. You have a lot of stuff going on. Like totally. And also like Dan goes and sits at the bar with these like older men. <laughs> I'm just like, are you 30? No, you're like, like 16. You're supposed yeah. to be playing 16. Like what is happening? Like, how did you get there? Oh yeah, it's New York. Or maybe it's 18 because I think it's her birthday party, right? Or something like that. Oh yeah, because she does say, she says, um, now that I'm 18, right, I adult, won't. Yeah, right. yeah. But still, Jenny's younger. She's, you know, 16 or 17 yeah. or something. And they're still so young. They're in high school. Yeah, it's wild. Super wild. Yeah. And what you think this, like, Agnes and versus Jenny, one has the ideas, the other has the designs. Like, is one more important than the other, do you think? Or, like, at this point, they both kind of need each other. For sure. I think you're right. I think they ha- they need each other. But unfortunately, I think ego, especially in high school, just gets in the way. And you always think that you're, you know, 
what you're doing is more important, you know more, and, and I think that's at play here, especially with these two girls. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We get to you guys at table at Blair's and you're all looking super cute in your fashion forward, beautiful colors. Shout out to Eric Damon, genioso. Yep. Right. And you guys are looking fly. And then Blair's talking about meeting her mom's new boyfriend. And she's like so excited and so pumped. Yes. Let's talk about shooting a scene at a table in a circle like that, because I don't think people <laughs> understand how long those take. Oh yeah. Coverage. Yeah. Well, you need to get it from all the perspectives. We need to get Leighton's coverage. Then we need to get Blake's coverage. Then we need to get Amanda's coverage and Amanda and Nicole together. But you know what? Actually, want Amanda, Nicole, and Dreama. Let's widen. Okay, we got to relight it. Okay, stand-ins in. Okay, we'll see you guys in a half hour. It's a lot. It's a lot. But you guys, like, when you were all together, it flowed and was so great. That's obviously a testament to all of you guys with what you did with the roles, but also with casting, knowing to put all you guys together. It was so much fun. I mean, it was cute. It was always really cute and, like, fresh when you guys all popped on together. Like, it was like, ooh, 
what are they up to? What are they going to do? Yes. It was like candy. It was like, you knew it was going to be like tasty and bright. It was going to be visually, you know, pleasing just because of the fashion. You were going to get these sort of like quick jokey or bitchy lines. So it was going to, it was just going to be fun. But again, watching it back, it was so nasty. Can't believe it. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) And how about, wait, how about she's like going on and on about like, this man she's going to meet in her mom's life. And then it's Mr. Hall from Clueless oh Walks my In. And gosh, I die. Wallace Sean. Love that guy. What a great right? guy. He's a nice what man a- and a great actor. Wonderful. Prin- the Princess Bride. Yes. But when when she sees him, aw, when she <laughs> sees him and it was like, I was expecting Cary Grant and I got Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. That line. <laughs> And he's like hugging her and doesn't stop. And she like can't even get past it. It was too much. It was so good. And the music, the music that they had, you know, behind all of the sort of schemes and the shenanigans that like hopping music. Do you know what I'm saying? There's like, I'm sure that your, your, your listeners will know exactly what I'm talking about. It it was so playful. It it really, you knew that it was going to be playful based on the music or the music definitely underscored what was going on in the story very well in the show. Always. And not just yeah. like the, the instrumental things, like even, you know, like, you know, Sex on Fire. Oh, I mean, Kings of Leon all over this episode, <laughs> which by the way, that album was like, I'm pretty sure I had like one of those little iPods that you yeah. clipped onto your like shirt clip, yep. <laughs> for working out. Anyways, Kings of Leon was all over my playlist at the time. That album sex on fire closer all of that reminds me of like almost my whole time like i remember we were all going to their concerts electric feel mgmt that's another one that was on the show that's that time yes girl yeah remember we went to that thing (laughs) we went to that rooftop there was like an event and they performed and we were there together yes i was not the pool that was like one of my favorite places of seeing a show by the way that was really that was really fun that was early on it was. It was very early because my hair was super curly. That's when you know it was like season I don't one. even think my hair was done <laughs> at that event. Okay, moving on. Oh, my God. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing, you know, when Chuck is like pushed to the side by Bart over and over again, don't you just feel so sad for Chuck? I do. And it also just really gives us more insight into his character and why he is the right. way he is, which, you know, in a series is so important just to bring some humanity, especially to a character like Chuck. Right. It was so sad. It is sad. Do you, what, how do you feel about this dynamic with Dan and Chuck? Cause it's like, they're two people that you would just never put in a limo together, put in a room together. And now there's like quite a bit with them. Right. In this last little chunk of season two. Yeah. I mean, in this episode, I just think it is sort of like the polar opposing forces having to meet. Right. And it's interesting to see Dan in a position of power in a way. When, you know, in the series, Chuck is always, he's always that guy or so he thinks. Yeah. He always knows what's going on, who's where, what's up. I'm like, he's like a private investigator. I'm like, where are you getting this information from, Chuck? Are you gossip girl? Are you? (laughs) That's probably why for a long time I did think it was Chuck, but then I'm like, it's almost too on the nose. Like Chuck Bass being. I always thought it was going to be Dorota. We talked about this. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sex on fire hits where Serena is like the muse. She's in Times Square now. When that song came on and they're like kissing in Times Square. Again, if you haven't made out with someone in New York City, please do it at one point. It's so romantic and so hot. Play sex on fire. (laughs) I'm also just like, 
are 13 year olds watching this and like sex on fire is I've become such a prude in my old age. You know what? It is true watching some of this stuff, but you remember like the billboards and stuff where the parents would be like, Oh, MFG. And it would be like a hot, sexy. Yes. But the wild thing is Amanda, if we're like honest about it, this was pretty tame to what is on TV now. Oh, yeah. I, but I just, I mean, like when I ch- turn on something now, I'm like, I can't believe how far it's gone is what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the whole, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. At the time, it was considered so risque and so forward and so in your face. And yeah, I think also just now as a parent, I'm way more sensitive to it. Uh, yeah. And I agree. There's certain things I'm like, I didn't even, I don't even remember that this happened. And now I'm like, what? How did they get away with this? Or what are they doing? Like, you can't. <laughs> I know. And again, they're all supposed to be like 16, 17 years right. old. When we started, it was like, we were like 15. We were in like 10th grade or something. Right. <laughs> that's wild. Okay. So this, that song comes on there in Times Square. And this whole like muse thing with Aaron, I find like, how great would you're like, this artist muse. That's like, wow, that just sounds so like New York and so like. Yes. It was also fun to see, I don't know, Serena in this moment, you know, Mm -hmm. like really taken, taken by a kind of guy she's never been with before. Right. In a way. I mean, I know Dan was, you know, this sort of like Brooklyn writer, but here's Aaron, this like real artist living in a loft or whatever. I don't know. It it felt, it felt very adult. Very adult. Like, (laughs) So I'm like, okay, Serena, what are you doing? And it's like, maybe we, we, I can do this. I'm like, whoa, okay. Cause Blair kind of makes fun of her for this like hippy dippy situation. Like right. Blair has one of her like one liners that like is a bit of a stinger. Yeah. What is she? She's in flip flops, your flip flops and sundresses or something like that, you know, <laughs> and then she wants to prove it to her. Right. Their dynamic is also so interesting. The whole Blair and Serena best friendship, you know, they really test each other. A lot. A lot. And it's one I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want my daughters emulating, you know, right? <laughs> because it's not solely supportive. It's not just like, you know, girls supporting girls and lifting each other up. There's a lot of actually conniving and backstabbing with all the women on all the girls on the show. Again, Blair and Serena all through the mean girls and with Jenny and Nellie Yuki and which maybe is, is, is maybe is fair for high school, you know, high school is tough. Well, it is. Yeah. I think in with gossip girl, with the way they touch on certain things and do show those dynamics and then, they do show the repercussions of some of the things too. So I think it there's like a fine line with it though. Like if someone did the Nair Martini now, like you would be suspended and go to jail. 100%. That was so I mean, low. not to mention in a couple episodes, what you and is due to Vanessa is like with the dress. Oh, with the I'm dress. Like, oh and your see-through <laughs> dress. Yeah. There was like a lot of stuff that, that I'm like, oh man. Yep. Um. So now... Jenny meets up with Agnes and she's hung over, partied all night. They're discussing the whole business manager thing again. Right. I mean, do you feel like Jenny's scared that she's made the wrong decision? Because I, I would be like freaking. Yes. 100%. I think it's starting to sink in that, you know, the stars in her eyes were maybe a little bit, you know, just that. The reality of trying to make something happen as an adult is really hard. It takes a lot of time and work and effort. and. Agnes does not seem like someone who has it together, you know, she, right. she seems to enjoy living for herself. Of course. I mean, she's 
what are they, 12? But you know what I mean? Right. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's totally. It's, she's like, she's partying. She's doing her thing. She's enjoying New York. And I think she sold Jenny a bill of goods a bit. And I think Jenny's starting to open her eyes a, a little bit to that. Do you know what I think for, especially if it's that age watching this, which is a good kind of like thing to keep in the back of your mind or for me with my sisters or friends with kids that age or when Bowie's that age or our kids, you know, is that like a lot of times, even with your talent and your ability to, you know, bring your art to life or bring something that you have a passionate for and put all your effort into it. It's not always as easy as it seems. So sometimes thinking like, as long as my parents just say, yeah, and as long as I have the support here, there's a lot of challenges that come with that in the real world that you don't quite understand when you're still home and still in school. It's not to say you can't go forward with that or try to go after your passion at all. I don't mean that. I, I think that's a big part of life is, is doing what you love. But parents really have been through a lot. I used to always say like, how do you know, mom? Now I'm like, wow, my mom knew it all. Right. Because she's been through it, life experience and all that. So I think that's a good thing to like go after what you love, but know that like, there's a lot of there's so many variables, yeah, yes. and so many elements and so many things beyond our control and yeah, you know, until you can sort of emotionally handle and you think you can a lot of the time. Yes, you do. You think you're invincible at, at 15, 16, 18, yeah. you know. And you also do and and to credit Jenny does know a lot. Right. It's not like she it, is talented. She doesn't know anything. She's very talented and she has a very good vision. There's just the other side, like what we're talking about. Like when you go and sit with a business person, not knowing that you have to have an adult sign that, like right. there's a hundred other steps she didn't think about and she shouldn't have. Right. How would she know? Exactly. Right. Okay. Then when Dan gets some like scoop on the bass industries, like the insurance money from the eighties, I'm like, who is he walking up to next to this building? Like, who is this right. random person? The guy. Who's the guy? And he drops like some serious bombs. Like. What do you do with this information, Amanda? Do you like run to Chuck? Do you run to write the story? Like, what are you thinking? Because I'm like, holy shit, he's for sure writing this. Chuck's going to freak out. Yeah. Maybe kill Dan. I don't know. Like, <laughs> All right. Well, again, I just think that I'm glad to see Dan like winning in a way because mm -hmm. he is a character, at least as a viewer for me, that I rooted for. And even in this episode that I was rooting for because in the dynamic between him and Chuck, he's the more visible underdog. I think right. now that like we got to see this dynamic between Chuck and his father, you know, unfold a bit more, you see more vulnerability from Chuck's character, but we've seen that from the start with Dan. Right. So I'm rooting for Dan. I want him to win. I want him to get into Yale. I want him to go far. I want him to like win this article, so to speak. And so when he gets this information, as like horrifying as it is, I'm like, yes, questioning what are you going to do with this? But also like, I understand why you are really toying with the idea of exposing this. This could be huge for your career. I mean, ultimately, I think he thinks better of it. But in the moment, I can understand like the weight of this. And he really unlocked, uncovered something huge. Yeah. I mean, when that happened too, it was another like, OMG moment for me. I'm like, yeah. wait, what? Now this is going to destroy their family. And now like Serena and Lily are kind of connected to it because of Lily with Bart. I mean, it's just always like the web that that goes on in this. Right. You know, okay. So Blair takes Iris to dinner or lunch. And you know, with Blair, there's something going on. Where is she going with this? And I'm like, oh man. Where's the scheme? I right. know. And then what he does in the scene and brings this whole story of being oh. in love and how it went down and he couldn't, you know, 
he like pulls you in on a level where you like, you feel for him and you're like, that's right. And that's amazing that you did that. And, and she felt for him. She did. But she felt for him. I love that scene. I just love that. It was scene. such I a good it scene. Was so beautiful because she really you saw it on her face that she was wrong. Yep. But that's also why they're so good mm-hmm. and she's so good in it because I, I didn't know that she was going to go mm-hmm. that one step further that Blair always does. Well, she's got to get what she wants. Yeah. She's, she's purely for self. And she just, yeah. Yeah, you know, it wasn't what she wanted. And here is this little girl having a tantrum and she's going to stomp her feet till she gets it. And then ultimately, you know, she thinks better of it. But I loved seeing all of those shifts for her. She sees it. She feels it. She feels for him. She can sense his authenticity and his vulnerability. And she's basically falling in love with him like her mother. Right. Like, wow, I can see that on her face. And then literally, as soon as she like remembers you know, which you don't even see until her mother sort of comes at her, right? you know, in a scene that's coming up when her mom comes to her in her room or in the apartment and says, you know, I told you like he was different than your father. He's, you know, he's the best man I've ever met. It's almost like she has to be right, even though she knows Knows, the truth. She has to be right. She comes back from this place of defiance and defensiveness of actually a wrong. The way she says it is like, just she didn't even know she was going to do it. And then she did it. She couldn't help herself, you know? Right. Could not. That's exactly what it was. Could not help herself. But you are totally right because I didn't even know what she was going to say after she was sitting with Cyrus. I thought, okay, she's going to let it be. She sees that her mom is in love with him. Nope. Right. Nope. (laughs) Because her mom, that was a little bit like, what were you going to do, Blair? Oh, you have nothing. So blah, blah. I'm like, okay, that's hurtful. That's your daughter. Right. And that's why she... Yeah. Right. And I think that's something that like we see in the show, but also for Blair's backstory that that's something that happened all the time. And even even Blair kind of says that in the episode before this. I mean, I don't know Blair's backstory like that, but I'm just saying like there's clearly this isn't something that's just like happens once in a while. Right. You know, totally. How about Blair's birthday party and all of Blair's parties? Let's talk about it because you are you make an appearance to most of them. Right. Lots of parties. <laughs> there's a that's lot. The of- longest to shoot. <laughs> so long, so many people, so yeah. many takes, so many coverage angles, all the things. But um, you're at a lot of Blair's parties. So tell us how that is to shoot or how do you enjoy it? Was it challenging? I, I loved it. The few times I've been there, I've loved it. Oh, yeah. To it Blair's, was, I mean. Yes. It was a blast. All the parties and the proms and the all the group scenes. And I was always in the group scenes, the steps. The It was always yeah. just so fun in it. Yes, it took a long time. And you know, the crew wanted to go home, but I never knew why at 10 PM on a Friday night, people were so <laughs> wanting to leave. I was like, this is the best, you know, I Yay! was just having yeah. a ball. They're like, they've been there since Monday at exactly. 5 I, Exactly. Like, we want to go home, yeah. see our kids. Totally. And here I was, you know, whatever, 22, 21, just having the time of my life. It was, it was, it was a, it was a blast. It was so fun, but yes, it was long. It was long hours, long long turnarounds for these bigger scenes because there's just so much coverage that they have to get. But again, just, it was so fun. All we did was sit around, eat crafty, laugh, dance. How like fancy were Blair's parties? Oh my God. I'm always like, this is her, what? Like, that's like, that's like what my friend's wedding looked like. And it was a very expensive wedding. Like this is your high school and that's your party. The flowers, (laughs) the outfits, the gowns, the dresses, the headpieces. I mean, it was so elaborate. Yeah. And I guess, I will be honest, I guess I took it a little bit for granted because that's all I really knew on the show. You know, I wasn't part of the other pieces of it. That was the only sort of world that was created 
for me on that show was yeah. this like, you know, elaborate. We were at Butter. We were at all of these fancy, SDK. yes, all of these yeah. fancy restaurants and clubs. And was that one downtown that was like burlesque, not burlesque, but the box. Like we the were box, just, we were, yeah. we were at all of these, you know, the hottest places and it was just normal. Yeah. At the time, I mean, I knew it wasn't normal. This is not the life that I grew up living by any means. No, but you're meaning as an actor working on a show, as like an you're actor like, working on a show, yeah, right. Oh, of course, the pian- there's going to be an oversized vase on every table of peonies that are every color and stunning and perfect and you know not drooping at all. <laughs> you're like, who's taking those when we wrap? Yeah, I take them home. Thanks. <laughs> I always like when there was flowers because we were able to do that with so the flowers. Because otherwise, where were they going? Exactly, they're going to trash. But you are right just perfectly put together. Yeah. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. A couple things happen here where I'm like, this show, man. Cyrus's son is Aaron, who's dating Serena, but has like a bunch of girlfriends. I'm like, where, why would that even come about? Like, so what? Random. So random. That's dropped. Then Cindy comes through the, okay, Elevator. let's talk about that. Boom. 
she's on set. How was because I wasn't in the scene. I feel like I did meet her like in the hair and makeup, maybe, but I wasn't in the scene. How was that dynamic on set to have like a legend like that? And I mean, that's a big scene. A lot of people. Yes, it was so cool. It's Cindy Lauper. Yeah, I mean, come on. She had such a fun energy. She, you know, consummate professional. She, she was awesome. It was just such a fun energy. It was quick, um, but she was around. Like she was around the whole day because, again, coverage. Yeah. But I remember, I remember seeing her like walking past Crafty and introducing myself to her. It was very cool. One of those cool moments of you never think you're going to meet someone like that. And then it's Cindy Lauper. Yeah, just at work with you in the office for the day. (laughs) So cool. Amazing. Well, that too, like in this storyline with like Cyrus having her come to say happy birthday to Blair, find Blair at the party. I was like, my heart went out for him because I'm like, he was just telling, he was just speaking his truth of what he went through in his marriage to his new girlfriend's daughter who you want to be accepted by and want to have a relationship with because of the way you care about her mother so much. You know, you you automatically almost care about Blair because of the relationship with, you know. Totally. Can we talk about Margaret Collin for one second? Okay, let's do it, please. Legend. The way she grabs her necklace in that scene and has to just needs to lay down. Oh, she's just so emotive and powerful. She's just a powerhouse. I just, I I freaking love Margaret. She's amazing. Yeah. And even it's like the subtleties, like you said, like grabbing, like doing that was just like so organic in the moment. And like, yeah, she's such a powerhouse. So great. Shout out to Margaret. Shout out. And those, they're dynamic. Like, yes. Leighton and her and, and Dorota, that, that household. Yep. <laughs> and then the different like mixes of the dads and Cyrus coming in. It's, it's a, it's a fun when you see that exterior going into the, the Waldorf home, it's, yeah. it's always going to be like something. I'm telling you that music, that, bum, 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 that like, yep. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> You're something's right. going to go on. Absolutely. And in that, like when, when she goes up to Blair, Cindy, mm-hmm. it's like. I can see Blair being like, oh man, like I messed up, you know? Yep. And he like left knowing like he's out there and he's like, I'm a lawyer. I think a couple steps ahead. So boss, by the way. Love it. Oh, so (laughs) boss. You just like fall in love with Cyrus at that moment. You're like, oh yeah, you may be Wally Sean, but you are Cyrus lawyer. Like you, you are boss man. Like you could, you, you know, to think three steps ahead and to sort of have, to be able to one up such a scheming, quick minded Blair, you know, it was very cool to see. It was also, I just like, <laughs> he's Aaron's dad. I'm still like, what, yeah. what's something crazy is <laughs> about to go down in the next couple episodes, I'm sure. But then, like, can we just talk about like Cyrus is around for the rest of the series and like, where's Aaron? <laughs> like, what happened to you? Where's your son? Where's yeah. your son? Aaron. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So how about then this whole situation with Jenny and Agnes, like oh, it's when she takes those dresses and throws them in the thing, I'm again, first of all, she's basically, they're giving you a run for your money. The, the minions like Nair Martini putting the dresses on fire. Like th- these are things that I'm like, there's just no way. <laughs> oh my gosh. No way. But it was so ruthless. And Jenny's breakdown when she's crying, you're, she's really devastated. Just like, Taylor, where did you go to access that? Yeah. It was really, it was coming from like a deep place. It was beautifully done, beautifully performed and very moving and also like horrifying. I can't believe Agnes did that. It's horrible. Oh my God. 
Well, I mean, like, really, let's think about this. Let's just say, let's, we're working on a movie for five years. We're getting ready to go film it, whether you're the writer or the actor, and you're getting into character, and you have every, all your notes and the dialect coach and all the, everything all in one place on your computer that you've been working on for years, and someone comes and burns it, and you have no, you don't have the dialogue, you don't have anything. I mean, that's like, it's your baby. And this bitch is like, I'm going to burn it. Worst nightmare. Worst nightmare. That's horrible. It was really horrible. Anyways, well, we get to Bart confessing, um, and Dan takes a tape recorder and secretly records him confessing about the fire and finds out that someone had died in it because of it. Before he can say anything more, Chuck is now <laughs> there and, and basically begs Dan to not destroy his family. And here again is that like power thing that that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the information that's given, just the last two little like storylines we're talking about with the dresses and now this with the fire and the insurance money, these are two little parts of this entire episode. And these are like major, life-changing, dramatic, crazy things going on. Totally. You took insurance money out and someone died and like you started an empire and someone's trying to write an expose on you to get into Yale. Like... (laughs) What? I it's I know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. These writers are so amazing. The webs, how they're all connected and going back. And I know I keep saying this, but I still can't get over that Aaron is Cyrus's son. But like the, even little things that they drop like that. <laughs> totally. Well, first of all, did we was that the moment that we saw that Dan actually gave the file and the tape back? So we basically it came full circle where I think he, you know, his conscience got the best of him that he just saw this kid, foe, not friend, but, you know, his comrade, his, you know, Chuck, that his whole life would be destroyed if he went and did this and he just couldn't, he just couldn't do it. And it just spoke to Dan's character, you know? Absolutely. And then Bart reading that, it like triggers something in him. And then he's like, hey, let's, let's go to that Rangers game. I'm like, oh, yeah. let's be a father and a son. I know. Yes, Aww. I know. I love that whole turnaround. It just also goes to show you not to get like too deep, but you know, you put a little kindness into the world. What, what, what comes back your way from that? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, just like it, it clearly ignited something within Bart that Dan didn't do this vicious thing that, frankly, Bart would have deserved. I mean, if he really did fake this, right. this fire, this insurance, and somebody passed away. I mean, it's horrible. Um, but that Dan had mercy on this family and on this man, he then could have mercy on himself and be loving and and vulnerable with his son. So I think that's just the lesson there for all of us. I know. It's know, very true. To be kind and do good. Yeah. Because it does come back around for sure. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? It all does usually either way. So you might as well do it the right way and be kind and have it be like a better world. Yeah. You're like, right, girl. (laughs) Yeah. So then Jenny finally goes home, but her plan is like, I'm not coming back unless you sign this. Do you sign it as a parent? What do you do? Rufus is like, I feel bad for him because he keeps getting torn. He like has his daughter back, but yet if he signs it, it's like kind of against everything he was saying or, or doing the whole time, but it's also like, do you not? So hard. It's like, yeah, what the heck do you do, Rufus? And again, it's one of those things where he was this struggling artist and went through it. So there's like that part of him. It's not to say Jenny can't make it. It's just, he knows what happens if you don't, but he also has this, like these two beautiful children that really do have a big heart and do mean well. And like Dan going and giving the, the tape back and, and 
all of that. So I just feel so torn for Rufus because it's like he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like totally. I agree with you a hundred percent. But it also feels like like as a parent, you know, it's almost like a kid having a tantrum at three years old and they want the lollipop and you already said no. So now even though they're they come back again and again for the lollipop, you already told them no. So if you then give them the lollipop, then they're gonna know that they can just run away from home or kick and scream and get the lollipop. <laughs> so she ran away from home and here she is coming back like, dad, please just do this. And and we know what she's been through. We saw the breakdown. Right. We saw all of that. But Rufus didn't. He just saw his his 16-year-old daughter leave or however old she's she's supposed to be at this point in the series, um, you know, storm out, take her stuff and tr- wanting to make it on her own. And now she needs him again. So I think he wants her to learn a lesson. And I can understand that parentally. Yeah. But as difficult as that clearly would be. Yeah. Because <laughs> of course it's that. It's, it's of course you sign the paper, you lose your daughter. I'm like, what? Mm. No. And then we come to the Serena after walking out on Aaron. And instead of turning him down for another date, Serena decides that she wants to embrace her free spirit, you know, this whole free spirit side. Yeah. And accepts the arrangement. So... I mean, I'm like, okay, I feel like maybe if Aaron would have just told her that from jump, that he's like, this is how he rolls and this is what's up. She could have wrapped her head around whether she wanted to put more time into it or not. Because I just felt like she kept being like, this is kind of weird that like, there's obviously a chemistry and a vibe here. And every time I call you, you're with another girl and you can't blame her. I'd be like, yo, what's up? Like, is your energy all with all these girls or? Right. I didn't think she was going to be like, let's do this. I thought she was going to let it let it be. Me too. Do you think that it had he come forward and she knew what was up from the start that she would have continued dating him? Because I don't. I don't either. Yeah. She was chosen. She was chosen. She was the chosen one. You know, she was mm-hmm. the one who he made the scavenger hunt for. And she was the one who's going to be his muse. And she was the one, you know, and right. then when she wasn't, it was so, you know, heartbreaking. And when Blair called her on it, she started, I really do think she started dating him out of spite. Maybe because it was a little bit of a dig of like, here's this girl, you know, your flowy hair and all this stuff. Like even it kind of goes back with their battle or their their whole back and forth with the, with the Yale thing. They're like right. their tennis match that keeps going on and on and on. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you, their friendship is very strained. It is because they'll then but then sometimes they'll sh- Serena will do something to make sure that Blair's totally OK. And I'm like, OK, that's what a real best friend does. Right. And then Blair will do something like that for Serena. But then the shit that they do in between sometimes I'm like, wait, I know. Hold up a second. <laughs> I know. I know. What is up? But yeah, then she goes off and she runs into the sunset in her negligee. <laughs> it's a Central Park. It's a little right. short. I'm running oh in Central God, Park in her belly flats, but they're just riding off into the sunset, so to speak. Right. So ridiculous. So amazing. <laughs> Love it. Oh my God, you're cracking me up. The length she's willing to go to to like prove something to herself. Right. Prove something to Blair, you know? It's it's deep. Yeah. That's and it's also kind of that age of where you you feel like you almost have to prove yourself or do something to make other people happy for yourself or something. I don't know if I'm even like articulating this right, but that's what I'm saying about being in high school. There's You learn so much about yourself when you get out into the real world. I don't know. There's just yeah that thing of like having to prove so much to so many people in high school and that, like when you 
get older and you realize you really don't have to do that. It's like a real like, I'm not saying I was like Serena and doing that. I'm I'm just meaning I know what what you're saying. It's like, are you going to date this guy that has a bunch of girlfriends? Like, that's not something Serena would normally be like, okay, let's do. Really to prove to other people? Like, that's that's a big thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's Gossip Girl. We'll see. Maybe she ends up marrying him. Gossip Girl, what's going to (laughs) happen? Here's the (laughs) closing quote. And then I want to talk about any projects that you want to share or anything like that. Awesome. um, This, first of all, the music in this episode, too. I went and made a playlist again. It's so good. Okay, so here's the closing Gossip Girl quote. Some surprises hit you over the head like a squash racket, and others sneak up on you when you're least expecting it. And sometimes the biggest surprises are the ones you spring on yourself. Scampering about... This is making me laugh because you just went into this. (laughs) Scampering about in a slip is one way to shed old skin. But will embracing free love be as easy as flipping off a pair of Fendi flats? Looks like someone's going barefoot in the park. XOXO, gossip girl. (laughs) (laughs) I actually like the way you explained it more. Oh, man. What a show. What a show. Love the show. This has been so much fun. I know, girl. And I just loved like your your take on it and your view because also just like when I have someone like you on that's such an amazing actor knowing like where Blair's going or how powerful Jenny's thing is, that's like such a good conversation to have. It's just very nice when it's someone that like is as good as you I are. Appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. No, I, I really, it was a it was a blast to rewatch this episode because like you'd said, it's it's been a while. I haven't seen this since it probably first aired. And um, to rewatch these performances, some of these people I'm, I'm still close to. Right. And I'm just like, you are so good. I really might be... Like I tell Leigh all the time, I think I'm her biggest fan. I, I just think she's such a phenomenal actor. And so to see her in this episode, I'm just like, you are, you are so good. You're yeah. Just, your choices are so specific and right on and and natural. And, and the subtle. ride she brings you on. She, she'll have yeah. you laughing and then you're like feeling bad for her and then she'll do some snarky thing. I mean, I say this all the time because... It's so true. That's why she was so lovable. So she lovable. Was such a human. And a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of you guys played it that way. There's such a, a human quality to all the characters on the show. Not really Penelope. She was a real bitch. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> playing bitchy or playing super smart is some of the most challenging. It was It was great. It was a blast. But just, you know, the humanity part. No, but the humanity part, it's just funny. But, but when you're given the the stuff on the page to play and you can bring something like um, that real to it. Yeah. It was, it, it was fun to rewatch. I said we were very blessed and I don't overlook this. I loved it. And it's so I'll always remember. I can't wait to tell boy about it one day in Lexi, but like having, you know, teen choice awards and people's choice awards and stuff like that was amazing. But I looking back and watching now being removed and ha- looking at it in a different lens and not really remembering all the things it's kind of like, Almost not, it's kind of fresh though, because I did forget stuff. I, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot this happened or this person dated or this person came on. Right. So when I'm watching it with some people on on here, like we're talking about like, I'm like, yo, they could have won like an Emmy and a Golden Globe. Right. Like, right. I don't know if, you know, the CW at that time was just overlooked because they were teen dramas and stuff. But I mean, right. some of the performances on the show are like amazing. I agree like with saying. you. I yeah. totally agree with you. It was really, really fun to rewatch. It was a blast. It really was. Thank you so much for having me. Do you want to do you want to um share anything that you have coming up that we should tune into or how about like the show you're on now? Like Yeah, tune into General Hospital every day. 
check your local listings. <laughs> it's on ABC and it's a bus. And like, it's also that's we're talking about a show that's like legendary that like we just celebrated 59 years. Okay. So yeah, I was say, like my grandma knows it. Yes. Like my kids will know it. Like your kids. And that's like very special to be a part of. And it's a beast. Like how many pages do you do a day? Oh my gosh. Girl. They, oh boy. It is, it is um, upwards of 90 pages a day. Between 90 and like 110 pages a day. Oh my God. More than an episode a day. Because we also, we get, you know, we get, we get dark weeks where, where production is down for, for weeks out of the year. And so they have to, we have to produce enough content to fill 90 pages. I mean, to fill everyday television. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's a lot. That's a lot of pages. It's a lot of pages to memorize. It's a lot of lines, but like anything else you, you get in a groove, you know? What I I can't even think now on Gossip Girl. I'm saying we would maybe do eight pages a day. It was eight pages a day. It was between six and nine pages a day. Yeah, that's on any like hour like prime time show. It's usually it's eight days for you know eight work days and about eight pages a day. Yeah, on average. Okay, but when you're saying ninety, that's what I'm saying. It. Yeah. Like that's I'm like girl, hats off to you. Then she goes home and cooks dinner, plays yeah. mom. Like, that's right, wife. <laughs> That's you true. go, girl. That is like inspiring and uh, next such level. A, it's all such a blessing. Oh, so grateful. Well, I can't wait to see you. We'll get a little reunion. I keep saying that with a few of us that have like, you Definitely. know. Definitely. I would love that. And I miss you. And it's so good to see you. And I have so much you love too. for you. And I'm just so happy for everything that's going on in your life. Such girl, good stuff. Same for you. You're like living the dream. And I'm like, I just like adore you. Like I actually text Leighton after we had talked a couple weeks ago and mm-hmm. she's like, I just love her so much. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. Oh, and I love you too. Always did. We always all thought that, but it's just like, you got a lot going on and you keep it real and you keep it real like sweet. And that's just what, what is up. So thanks Jess. You're the best. All right. Sending <laughs> well, you so much love. This was so much fun. Big kisses. Bye. Aw, Amanda, I missed you, girl. And I can't explain how great it was to catch up and relive our Gossip Girl days. To everyone listening, make sure you catch Amanda on ABC's General Hospital. And as always, I'll see you next week for another rewatch. Up next, we have season two, episode 11, The Magnificent Archibalds. See you then, XOXO. XOXO is produced by Propagate Content and me, Jessica Zor. Our show is executive produced by Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tapia, Kristen Vermilia, Emily Carr, and Hannah Harris. Original music by Moxie and Loon. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.